we have a guest. Hi, guys. <laughs> Finally. Take two. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Mm. It's been a journey to get here. Are we going to tell the truth? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we lie on Girl Code Matilda. Don't be stupid. Um, yeah, so lost the episode. This is our second time recording. Um, with Matilda. With Matilda. Yeah, with Matilda. So the first episode, we recorded it. Oh, it was sweet. And then it just... Removed itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't, if you guys remember, I think we, I think we did touch think, on it. Yeah, with what happened? But basically, the last time we recorded this episode, something happened to the audio, and we just lost it. So we're back again. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, was my episode that trash that they just went to right now? We've lost it. Don't worry, bye till. And now we're stuck. We're stuck in this <laughs> big lie. We're like, yeah, the audio, something happened. I don't know. <laughs> just like blocks. <laughs> Deletes me from everything. Do you know what the saddest part is? Is like that was my favorite episode we had filmed and like filmed, recorded. I went back though. (laughs) I remember I like I was talking to John as well. Like that was the best. I was so hyped for it. I know we can do better. I literally it happened better. I just like laid in my bed and cried for like an hour, and then I texted you. I was like. Manny. <laughs> oh my God, bless you. Yeah. I have made a mistake. <laughs> I'm happy Sunny. to hang out again, so yeah, we're yeah. all good. Yeah, maybe it was just a ploy to get you yeah. back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just really wanted to hang out again. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of info, if anyone's not familiar with who Matilda is, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I am the co-owner of Stax, which is a fitness fashion brand. Um, we are Sydney based, but ship worldwide. Um, I own it with my fiance, Don. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> fiance screaming. Oh my god. My partner, my business partner, partner in life. Um yeah, we've been in the business. We started in 2015. Um, like officially, Don started Stacks and then I came along in 2016, I believe. Um, and I just kind of, my background is in recruitment, so I definitely didn't like have a passion for fashion. I didn't like, oh, oh I felt like a brat <laughs> soul, right? Um, I was definitely someone who wanted to stay in a safe corporate job my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I thought recruitment was that. I did it from when I was, uh, 18. I realized I was talking about it last night. I started, um, as a receptionist when I was 18 in recruitment, I was getting paid $21,000 a year. And I would text my ex-boyfriend at the time and I was like, I have made it. I am bawling, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and now oh looking back. Gosh. But did you say 22,000? 21,000. Now <laughs> looking back, I realised that the oh. only reason I got the job is because I was the only person that would take 21K for a whole oh. year. Uh, 8 till six p- eight a.m. to 6 p.m., five oh days gosh. a week. Is that legal? I don't think so. So I think no. that's how I got hired. But <laughs> I took it like I, I am a queen of the reception desk. Holy, <laughs> holy um, fuck. They're like they paid me in cash. It was really weird. <laughs> so like, did the table. <laughs> Um, what's tax? No. And then, um, so yeah, I just kind of, I stayed in recruitment. Thankfully they did increase my wage a little bit after working in there. (laughs) (laughs) 22,000. Um, so I worked in recruitment. I kind of made my way up in that space, ended up as like senior consultant account manager. And that's when I met Don. Um, Don was working next door in a supplement store and he was like selling t-shirts on the side. Um, and he was hustling away and I, um, would go in there and flirt with the supplement store boy (laughs) every day for my whole lunch break. I had no idea what Stacks was and I was very anti ever leaving like I said a safe job to go and sell t-shirts um but five years later I'm selling a lot of t-shirts and mm. <laughs> just a couple. yeah it's crazy just so yeah that's the 
That's how stacks. I love that story. Wow. I can't believe you just like went in for a little flirt and now here you are like owning this like ginormous business. Well, totally. He gave me a pair of tights. I would go in, I would get a protein bar. I was definitely not in like the fitness industry and Perth was having a massive, I'm from Perth originally, so Perth was having a massive fitness movement um, and I was not in that scene. So I had no idea what Stax was and turns out I was one of the only people who didn't know. So I think that's kind of why Don and I got along so well as well because I wasn't there trying to like kiss his ass and get a free pair of tights. I was literally just there because he was cute and I liked protein bars. Like there was nothing more to it. Um, And he gave me a pair of these blue and white tights and he told me to take a sexy pic for Instagram. (laughs) A sexy pic. A sexy pic. It wasn't sleazy. It wasn't But that is what he says. Like he's – he will say – I remember he would call things like – like, hey, sexy. And it was like a nice – yeah. It wasn't fuckboy, if that makes okay. sense. Like, there was a better yeah, yeah. vibe. You guys mm-hmm. met on, you guys know what he's yeah, like. Yeah, he's a vibe. Um, so, I took the tights, hated them, thought that Don was cute, so took a pic. And, um, Can you describe the tights? Oh, my God. Okay, Please, yeah. so, okay. <laughs> so, they were blue tights with white um, stacks written down the side. And our, like, slogan is passion over everything and he had blurred <laughs> Caitlin's laughing he'd blurred out the P so it said ass over everything is what wow. the tights had said so like they oh were that's my favorite stunning um uh yeah not a vibe back then. Come a long so way. people do ask for them to come back though oh. so people like I'll bring them back for like a throwback or I'm like oh, oh you guys so really bad. don't want that trust me <laughs> maybe not um <laughs> wearing like can you imagine me and awesome, yeah, Maddie, that'd be a awesome style. <laughs> I would love guys. I would love to see it. Strong. Totally sexy pick for IG. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are the tights. And Don and I started dating. Um, and I kind of I ended up working full time recruitment and full time stacks, like anything I could do and squeeze into my day. So a um, couple of years went on and every weekend, every morning before work, every lunch break, every time my boss wasn't looking really, um, I was working on stacks. And then um, I ended up dropping to part time. Um, I ended up being a pretty crappy recruiter because it wasn't my passion anymore. Like I was literally just doing it to like pay the bills and then stacks was my goal. Um, dropped to part-time and had a transfer across to Sydney, the Sydney office where I just worked from home um, doing recruitment. And then I loosely say doing recruitment. I was working stacks as much as I could. Um, and then eventually I was able to leave and join Don in a full-time capacity. So that's only been like two years now that that's I've been so doing stacks insane. full-time. Yeah. So Crazy how quickly the brand's yeah. growing. Totally, it's yeah. Grooming. That's yeah. so exciting. Wow. It's huge. Moving across to Sydney was really good for us. Yeah. Okay, so as you guys may have gathered, this episode's going to be kind of like a business-focused episode mm-hmm. for anyone out there that's thinking about starting a brand or starting a business, any type of business, really. I feel like you can get so many good tips from Matilda because she's honestly killing it. Um, okay, so maybe what has been the hardest challenge with starting the, like, the business so far? Um, I think, I mean, I feel like there are challenges literally every day and something, yeah, (laughs) totally. Totally. Um, and something that I, like a little motto Mm -hmm. that I live by is that life's like a bit like a computer game, a video game. And in order to get to the next level, you have to overcome the baddie or the challenge. So if there's a challenge, it is in order for you to grow, learn from it, and then things get better every single time. But the challenges never stop. Like you could be the most successful person in the world running the biggest company and your challenge will be 
as big in your mind as someone's tiny challenge that they've just started. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you're always going to have these huge challenges for you. Then once you get over that challenge, you'll realize that that one wasn't as big because now you've got this massive one. Um, we have had a lot. So COVID, for example, um, a couple, so I was going to say a couple of collections ago, but this would have been um, Premium Seamless version two. So when the Umber came out, which is what you're wearing. Oh, I actually wear this. I know you wore more than I should. Yeah, like I actually love it. I love it so much. I have like six sets just because like I'm so nervous. <laughs> that color coming back? It's cute. No, it's done now. So this is limited, limited edition. edition. That's it. That's it. Limited edition. Um, so we had a massive campaign planned for Premium Seamless version 2 where we were flying um, some of our team, some models, influencers across Australia to shoot in Sydney. Um, it was going to be a campaign shoot with, I think, there's going to be eight girls in total that we were all flying, um, looking after them. We we're going to do a huge, like, opening event, launch event. Um, and then COVID happened, lockdown happened. Um, and we, I ended up modeling for it. Don, thankfully, is a photographer. So he um, shot the photos. I did my own makeup, my own hair. Everything was done just the two of us. Oh it made it into Vogue, which was incredible. Whoa, wow. So thankfully um, we pulled through with that. But that was part one of the drama. The biggest part is we emptied our entire bank accounts to um, get the stock for Seamless V2. So all of our stock, which was a huge amount of stock, um, was on a ship. And then the world went into lockdown. And we didn't know where the ship was. We didn't know if the ship was coming. We couldn't track it. No one was at work. No one was doing anything. Our factories are in China. They were all in lockdown. Um, All of our money was on this, like, container on this boat in the middle of God knows where. So it was petrifying. So we literally just had to, like, cross our fingers that it came. And it did. And it turned up. And thankfully, it was an incredible, profitable launch for us. Um, But... That was petrifying. Oh my think, god, that's so scary. Yeah, yeah like wow. all of, we emptied our entire bank accounts to make this work. Holy, nothing was going to plan. But that's the thing is, you can't just be like, nothing's going to plan. I'm going to go and cry about it. Mm-hmm. You have to push through and you have to keep going because, like, sitting down and having a tantrum, thinking, "Why me? Why does this happen? It's not going to fix anything." If anything, it just puts you behind because, like, you got shit to do. You got to keep going. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a good tip. Yeah, you like, can't just yeah, don't cry about it. Like, just kind of waste yeah. of time. Yeah, absolutely. Make a list. I feel like that's what we had to do because our entire plans were like thrown upside down in that Mm -hmm. situation. But we still had a collection. We we just we don't have any money. We have to make it work. So Mm -hmm. we still did the shoot. We still did all of this. Thankfully, I feel like the universe also rewards hard work. So if you are doing your absolute best and doing the absolute most, it will come back to you. Maybe not how you expected it to, to, but I do think like karma is a real thing 100 percent. yeah yeah i'm so on board with that um and then there's been like other lessons that we've learned as well such as trademarking issues and if trademark laps for one day someone can come in and steal oh. your company name can you, you tell that t- story yeah yeah, story. yeah. Totally. so um this was years and years ago and we we're still in perth we we're still quite a small business um, and we don't have any investors. It's just Don and I. So um, somebody that we often get offers um, for people to buy shares in the company or own a percentage of the company and things like that. And we've turned all of them down so far. Um, and one guy who I never met him was a friend of Don's. Um was interested in taking part of the company and obviously he had was interested for quite a while because 
we were, like I said, we were still small. Um, we we're still learning how to do things. I mean, I feel like we still are learning, but um, there was like one day where our trademark, West Stacks, the trademarked name uh, lapsed. And in that one day, this friend, I say that very loosely, of Don's um, came in and took the name from us. So, and we didn't actually realise until someone else pointed it out because we were still young. We had no idea what we were doing. We were just selling clothes. Um, and then it was actually owned by somebody else. What he was doing is he was keeping our name and wanted to blackmail us into owning shares in the business and he'll give us our name back. So, like, that's not going to roll. We were absolutely not going to get blackmailed for it. So we spent – we didn't sleep for, like, three days. We were changing the name of everything. Um, We were going to call ourselves Poet because of the slogan, Passion Over Everything. Oh, yeah. So we were going to change it to that. Um, We had, like, this massive plan, this rollout. This is what we're going to do. This is, like, everyone will love it because they'll hear the true story. This person's business isn't going to be a success because they literally just stole it from us. Um, But thankfully – that didn't have to happen. We got lawyers lawyers involved and nothing went further. So it's just crazy learning little things like that, like making sure your T's across your I's are dotted because things like trademarking, things like your tax, things, every little thing that you don't think about is so important in the big scheme of things. Um, we're just so grateful it happened like back then and not now because like oh my God. I can't imagine the drama it would yeah. be if something like that was to happen now. Um, you said that. You haven't taken on any investors or anything. And why Why is that? Would you ever consider taking on investors? I mean, if it depends what they would want. Because I think when you take on investors, they want to stay in the company as well. Um, and Don and I are so hands-on with Stack. So Don is the designer. He designs absolutely everything. I feel like I'm the critiquer. I critique absolutely <laughs> everything. Um, but having investors... I think a lot of the time they want some sort of involvement mm-hmm. and Stax is our baby. Like it's literally our passion. We work on it 24 um, seven. I mean, never say never. Mm-hmm. We're open to, yeah. to discussions, but um, it's not something I think we need at the moment. Like we are growing rapidly. We're kind of managing it well ourselves. Um, so we just haven't, it, we've never kind of been presented with the right opportunity so yeah. far. Yeah. It'd be so scary you hear, was it in Jen, Ak- Jen Atkins' book how she was saying um, that they just take so much control? Yeah. And she was sort of, I think, suggesting not getting invested. Like to, she was taking that sort of. I feel like you have to find the right match if you ever did. Like yeah. it's a really long process mm. to find the right one because, like, like you said, you can get people that just want to, you know, this is how it should happen, blah, 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 like take yeah. away all of your creative control. Yeah. But, yeah, that's interesting. That's good, though. Mm. Having um, to report into someone as well. Yeah, yeah. That'd be weird Having when it's boss. yours, yeah. but also yeah. money, but yeah. also, like... Totally, the yeah. freedom. Oh, shit. What's it like working with Don? Because I don't think a lot of couples could do what you guys do, especially so early on. Yeah. How, what's How is it? Do you love each other? Do you hate each other? <laughs> do, you, do you separate work? Like, do you come home yeah. and switch off? Like, what's the vibe? Um... Well, I think we love each other, but oh, majority of the time, <laughs> um, I absolutely love it. And like you said, I don't think everybody could do it and I wouldn't recommend every couple do it. Don and I are so similar, but we are also so different. He is extremely creative. I'm not so much. I'm more um, I'm more of a logical thinker. He's definitely the creative. Um, I'm super organised. He's not. But we, we both know where each other's strengths are and we don't try to like override or overlap each other. Um, It's amazing though. I absolutely love it because we both have the same end goal. 
we are both working to building this incredible company. Um, and at the end of the day, we both have the same, like, we both want to win at it. So we're never like sabotaging or making the wrong decision. And every single decision that we make, we make together, even if it is say his decision and then it was the wrong one, I'm going to take, we both made that decision. Mm -hmm. You know, he never has anything, any bad intentions for anything. And I never, never do either. Um, and we have different skills. So we have different strengths and trust each other in different areas. So I love it. We don't switch off, but I really don't think you can because I think when you really love like what you do, I can't just be like, Oh, five o'clock can't talk about work because like, if you think about it, if you're in a relationship with someone at the end of the day, you're still going to come home to your partner and talk about what happened during the day. Um, I don't think anyone, when they love something, really does just like switch off at 5 p.m. But also, I don't think we could have grown Stacks to where it is if we weren't working together because we literally are working constantly. Um, we're really lucky though because like fashion is fashion is our passion. <laughs> that is so gross. Why do I keep saying that? She put it on some we, tights. Yeah. <laughs> Ass is, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to do the slogans, but um, we have. Yeah, we, we love it. So, like, we could be watching, I don't know, like, someone's YouTube or, like, runways and we're like, oh, my God, we could do this for stacks. So, it all kind of ties in, which is really nice. So, I don't even think of it as working 24-7. I feel like we're, like, working on our hobby or just, like, in our interests all the time and we're so, so lucky that we can bring it back into the business and then make money out of our favourite thing to do. Um so, yeah, we don't really switch off. We don't have a time where we're like, we're not talking about it. I mean, when we're in bed at like 10.30, I don't want to talk about budgets, but mm. we both kind of, we know that as well. Um, but sometimes we have to. If we're really busy, we're working all through the night. And But then at the same time, we can go out for lunch and we, we are free to do whatever we like in our schedule too. So it's it's a really good balance that I think we both have. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to ask – You've gone from basically Stax was like a small startup brand and now obviously it's like a massive booming business. What do you think has been the main growth factor that's helped you get to where you are now? Like influencer marketing or yeah. whatever you think? I think so. I think influencer marketing is a huge, huge part of it mm-hmm. um, and just getting the product on the right people. Um, it's funny when people ask about that and some people hate influencer marketing and Some people I just hate influencers. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. If you hate influencer marketing, I feel like that is so behind because people aren't listen. – I'm not listening to the radio. I'm not watching the ads on the TV. I'm not – that people are watching influencers on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm pretty sure influencer marketing is actually the biggest growing form of marketing currently mm-hmm. in the world today, which yeah. is insane, yeah. <laughs> totally. And it's, yeah. it's so funny because I think a lot of people that don't like it are just so behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or they're being influenced and they don't even realise. Yes. Like you could say, oh, I don't follow influencers, I don't keep up with it. But then I need to look at who they're following yeah, and be like, yeah. they are a good influencer because they don't realise they're even being sold You're to. You're being <laughs> 100% always influenced. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, influencer marketing is absolutely huge. But I also think moving across to Sydney, we were able to um, – deliver a better service because we have like we've got a team of about 20 staff now we have a um, operating warehouse Um, we are able to get um, product out to customers very quickly Um, we're able to receive products from our factories very quickly logistically Sydney was a great move and I think the better the experience the more times people are going to return customers will continue to be customers 
Um, but yeah, definitely influencer marketing, advertising. Do you do Facebook or yes. Instagram ads? Facebook ads. Facebook ads. Yeah, Facebook ads. So Don um, is more versed in the advertising and the technical advertising side of things. Um, I work as the brand manager um, and PR manager, so PR lead too. So um, influencer marketing is a big thing in my sense, in my space. But yeah, I think that's like the number one key to a successful brand. But no, it's not. The number two key is your advertising, your market. The number one is having a good product because there is nothing worse for both yourself as a brand and the influencer, if that's who you choose to work with, to be promoting this product and then a customer buys it. Oh, wow, that's crap. So you've lost trust in the brand and you've lost trust in the influencer as well. So you need to have a good product at the end of the day. Um, start small, focus on having a really good product. And as your budget permits, then you can kind of reach out to different advertising space because there's no point doing all this advertising, working with these influencers who are going to sell out a product, but you can't keep up with the demand or your product's not that great anyway. It's great to sell out, but you do want to make sure you still have enough product for the other customers out there. How long did it take you, I guess, to perfect? Well, I don't want to say perfect because I feel like you guys are always growing your product and like your brand. But when you first started, like compared to the products now, how's that journey been in terms of like quality and like, design yeah um so we've definitely grown I think every single collection we come out with we're trying to do better than our next collection um we have a range called our best black range which has our best black tights in uh, and they're the best black tights in my opinion in a lot of people's opinions that you'll you'll ever wear so we are so proud of those tights but that has taken years and years we only called them our best black tights like I think it was yeah, 2020, because like they weren't, they still had a while to go. Um, and But now we've nailed it. And it's at a point where if you don't like the tights, like I think there's something faulty with the product and we'll, we'll replace them for you because like they are that good. So, but you could, that doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of um, factory issues, a lot of sampling issues, a lot of trial and error when it comes to product. Um, and then you have to also listen to customer feedback because Unfortunately, you can't please every single customer, but you can do pretty well at pleasing the majority of them. So I would say tights, it's taken five, six years just to kind of nail it and to be confident enough to call something our best black tights. Um, Seamless, I think we do the best seamless in the game as well, Um, but we've got V4 coming. What are we in? So next month, and that's even better than V3. So it's just like it's going to continuously improve, but that's how you kind of stay pedaling and stay moving ahead because like you need to constantly improve and develop you can't just get stuck yeah and what are your thoughts like when you first launch a brand do you think like the product has to be perfect or do you think just like get out there and like do the best you can and just launch and get started yeah get it out there definitely I think if you I've heard it somewhere and it's like if you are if you think your product's perfect or you're very happy with your first product you released it too late because I don't think you're ever going to be 100% satisfied. Like there's always something that we can change and improve on. Um, But I think that's something like it's an entrepreneurial quality as well because you can't just be satisfied with something because if you think this is it, this is perfect, this is done forever, there's nothing more to do. There's no more growth. And I think one of the best things about being an entrepreneur or owning your own business is that you can – there's no cap, there's no limit – so why cap yourself at thinking like something is perfect, that's it, it's done. 
Does that make sense? No, like, I love mm-hmm. that. I love yeah. the if you are so happy with it, you started too late. I think yeah. that's so important. Like just get started, do the best you can and then grow from there. Start small. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't wait for things to be perfect because I don't think anything is ever going to be perfect. Yeah. No way. No. Um, okay. So you said you've got a team of 20 now. Yes. Wow. How did that process happen? Like when did you know you needed to start hiring people? How was like the hiring process, yeah. managing people? So um, we only started hiring – Two years ago. I think her longest Beck is like, I couldn't live without Beck. Shout out to her. Um, she, we hired her two years ago. I think she's just coming up to her two year anniversary. On her one year anniversary, she got us a cake from Woolworths and printed her face on it, like just from. And, <laughs> so that was a real Classic. blessing. Thank you so <laughs> much. Your I love that. <laughs> um, so I love that she gave us a gift on her anniversary. Of her face. The other way around. That's but anyway, yeah, yeah. Aww, um, that's so sweet though. She's an angel and um, we couldn't we couldn't run everything without her. So when we hired Beck, I was still working part-time in recruitment. So she she started at Stacks before me actually. Oh. Um, so properly. Um, so we started hiring. It was basically when we couldn't keep up with the workload ourselves. So when Don and I first started, we would do absolutely everything we could ourselves. And I think you should do that for as long as possible. Um, but then when you realize that things are lacking because you physically don't have like the time in the day or the energy to do something, that's when you have to look uh, elsewhere. And then now we're coming to a point where we're hiring people that are smarter than us, people that have more expertise in the areas so that we can continuously grow. Because I think um, running a company, some people can get stuck in a sense that they want to be the smartest person in the room or they want to know everything, but like you're never going to grow. You need to hire people that are smarter than you in particular roles because Mm -hmm. that's how you grow a business. That's how you gain more success. Um, I say my background's recruitment, so I feel like I'm pretty good at hiring, Um, but we're very picky interview process. We we interview and we interview. I think Don is the pickier one. Um, So if they get through, I I suss them out, make sure Don will like them, and then Don will meet with them. Usually he doesn't like them, so we've got to keep going, (laughs) keep going, keep going. But now we have an incredible team, so we're very lucky. And they're like our family. Like I feel like everyone says that, but like genuinely like I love them like they're our family. Um, We're always doing like – team a team bonding sounds so lame and corporate but it's true like we yes, are we just yeah. we hang out all the time so we're very lucky in that sense okay so starting out this is probably for although not necessarily just for mm-hmm. like clothing or activewear brands but how did you go with finding manufacturers because I feel like that's a hot topic question oh that my wants gosh to yeah. yeah mission yeah. impossible yeah <laughs> absolutely so we um we have a episode on our podcast that kind of mentions um, exactly like where to start. Um, but Alibaba, Plug your podcast. yeah, what's the name? <laughs> it's where called, to find it. It's called the Source with Don and Till. Um, and yeah, we it's I believe it's like everything you know to, about starting a business, everything you need to know about starting a business. Um, and it talks. Don talks very heavily about how he started, how he found suppliers. So Alibaba was like the number one place to kind of get samples and things like that. I feel like if you're starting, that's that's where you need to be. Um, and then Don would visit China three to four times a year, just talking with dif- different factories. Um, we're now obviously not visiting China, but we're so lucky because we. I actually just learned this recently. Don has the. Um, 
relationship with the factories. But he was telling me the other day that like the fact I'm going to get emotional. The factory that we started, we have managed to grow their factory so big that they have moved spaces, they've moved factories, they've got jobs for other people. So the fact that we are loyal to our factory and have such a good relationship to them has given jobs to so many people. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. nice. Isn't that so that's cool? So that's so lovely. I such love an that. Amazing thing. Yeah. Wow. So it's like I feel like people and I don't know if it's the right thing to say, but when you tell people that your factories are in China, people are like mm-hmm. they think it's poor conditions or whatever. But when Don tells me stories like that, I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Yeah. The fact that we are loyal to our factory, we've got such good relationships with them. You know, we get gifts for Chinese New Year from them. We send them <laughs> birthday nice. gifts. We do all this. It's not just like... You definitely can yeah. find good... You just yeah. have to find the factories, I guess. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. And when he told me that like we're providing like so many more jobs mm. for them, they have had to upsize and upsize and upsize just to keep up with us. Wow. That's, I got goosebumps. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, that's the so fact cool. that we can give people jobs. And I think we think that, or we find that with our warehouse staff as well, like, giving someone a job literally changes people's lives. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, it's really cool. It's it's a humbling thing to think about it. Um, I have a question. Go yeah. on. <laughs> so, when we were speaking before about advertising, marketing, Facebook ads, and everything on a smaller scale. So, someone who is just selling their business, they might not have budget, they only have 20 followers. Um, they can't reach out to influencers. They can't afford to pay them. What do you suggest? Like just getting started, like before there's budget, anything. How to advertise before? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say reach out to your closest friends. That will mm-hmm. be the number one thing. Okay. Um, and get them to quite try and share because at the end of the day, if you have a platform, you're an influencer, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a platform, if you're you've got this company and your best friend has ten followers, that's ten people who are going to be watching and might buy. So anybody sharing is an influencer working because they're influencing people. So I think people need to get out of the mindset that you need to always reach out to these influencers that have 10 million followers because at the end of the day, smaller influencers often have more pull and create more conversions than someone with 10 million followers mm-hmm. because they um, people trust them more. So literally just getting your customers to share when you're sending out products, make sure you're including um, the Instagram handle in your like thank you cards and or the email when with the email confirmation, your Instagram handle's there. Please share us, please tag us. We'd love to repost you, things like that. I think that's a good way to grow the following of the brand as well. Um, but also you can try, you can read, if you've got a good product, you can reach out to any, you know, smaller influencers and see if they'd be interested in gifting. Obviously there's no guarantee that they will post for you, but if you have a really good product, they probably will, or they'll be spotted in it. And then you can take that and then use that as your own. Um, so I think... Yeah, I don't think you need to be like too caught up on paying like the massive level influencers mm-hmm. massive amounts. Yeah. And especially if you're a small business, like I said, if you get uh, a influencer or a celebrity 10 million followers, for example, in the product and then they sell out the product, but you only have a couple of pieces anyway, you, you can't keep up with the demand. So I think you should definitely be looking at the level of influencers that you're working with, comparing it to the level that your business is at. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's really smart. And also like choosing the influencers. There's so many things that go into it and you touched on like where they live. You know, you could have an influencer in Brazil with a million followers that might post about your product, but you don't ship to Brazil. So do you know what I mean? Or they're all male followers. Yeah. Yes. That's another thing you have to look into. Um, Yeah. With their insights. Yes. And make sure they're the type of person that you want wearing the stuff as well. Like at the end of the day, you could have someone, but they don't really fit your brand. So it's not 
yeah, it's it's a lot more than numbers. They have to like be a good person too, I think. Mm. I think that's why Stax has had really good growth as well because the influencers and the people that we work with, like we genuinely love them. Like they're good people, we trust them, we, mm. we believe in them. So I think it definitely goes both ways. But something I was saying to Don earlier is that um, I think something that a brand can take out or learn from influencer marketing is that even though you may be giving the product to an influencer for free or you may be paying them, you need to give them the number one service. Like I just, I had this like brainwave the other day and I was like, people need to hear this is that if you are, say if we're gifting you Maddie, you need to have the most incredible service from Stacks. The box needs to be beautiful. It needs to arrive on time. It needs, the packaging needs to be gorgeous. Um, Every single thing, the product needs to be beautiful. It needs to have a great service. Just because we're gifting you something doesn't mean you can slack off the brand can slack off and like throw it at you because you're reaching out to an influencer because they have influence. So even though they may not be paying for the product, they have more influence than a customer. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying prioritize them over a customer, but it needs to be exactly the same level. I see so many brands that think because you're giving it to an influencer for free, you don't have to put in the effort. They Mm. can get it when they get it or send it out this time. Like, no, they need to be a priority because they're advertising for you. Yeah. I think that's so important. So important. I don't get it. (laughs) Thank you. We love our packaging. Yeah, I know it's it does make such a difference as well from being on the receiving end as as an influencer. If I get sent something, even if it's like a tiny brand, if they send it in like I know, put effort and like love into it. I, I would be more inclined to share it, definitely. So yeah, totally. it does make such a difference. I find that even if I just order something and, like, the brand sends it and it's so nice, like, yeah. paid for it, like, mm-hmm. just a nice customer even experience. Even, like, a note or something, yeah. just something small. It's, it makes such a difference where if it's just shoved in, like, an Ospos parcel bag, you're like, mm, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. Yeah. Nice. And I know it's expensive, but you can definitely, like, start small and, you know, get some tissue paper and wrap the wrap it up in tissue paper or get like you can literally wrap it up in tissue paper get a cute card and write a handwritten note and stick mm-hmm. it on there and just going that extra step will like give you so much more return in definitely my opinion. Mm-hmm. okay starting a brand how much would you say that you need financially to start a business um so when we when don started the business he was eighty thousand dollars in debt um, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that's scary. Yes. It stresses me out. <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, anything more than that is a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he started, yeah, and it was definitely not the normal way of starting a business, um, but he had a lot of failed attempts at starting the business and then at starting businesses and then finally had some success with starts. Did he? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it took, he had a lot, there were a lot of lessons that he had to learn um, along the way. There was a podcast on that one as well, but um, just, you know, he paid too much money for a website designer um, and then the website didn't even work. So he paid like, I think it was maybe like 20K <gasps> for a website 20, designer. Oh, wow. Websites are expensive. Yeah, though. don't quote me on that. But I think it was like, yeah. it was a lot of money. But then he didn't even have access to the website. So he couldn't edit it. He couldn't upload products onto it. And then they would recharge him to do any. It was just like. Oh my God, that sounds so annoying. Yeah, it was just like a, a naive move. Yeah. Like he didn't know better. So you yeah. think you can you just hire everyone and then your business will work. But start small. You don't need to be paying like these huge fees. But um, I think to start a business, I personally think unless you have financial backing, you should still stay in your full-time job. That's me being like logic, um, logical. If you 
you still need, you can't rely on your side hustle to kind of get you through everything. You need to be making sure that you have something else that is a bit more stable and will carry you through. So um, definitely saving. If you are planning just to leave your job and start your business um, as much as possible, but if you are still working in your job, you've still got income coming in, then I don't think you really need any money to start the business. I think you um, obviously, you're, I mean, it will cost money to start a business, but I don't necessarily think you need a huge amount of savings. You just need enough to start a website, to start an email address, to get some samples in, and to go from like there. Slowly, slowly yeah. yeah. Don't compare yourself to like another a big brand because everyone started really small and everyone started with one piece and one's first sale. Everyone had that time where they didn't make any sales and then they made their first sale. Once you make your first sale, then all that money needs to go into making your second sale. And you just need to take it step by step and not compare yourself to anybody else. So, I would say you don't need any money to start a business if you are still working full time and if you are planning just to like jump straight into the business, then yeah, as as much as possible. And for the first few years or so or just however long, did you pay yourself out from the business or did you just like constantly recycle that money? Yeah, so my wage, both mine and Don's wage was coming from my recruitment. Yeah. Okay. So oh, wow. both of you guys. Yeah, so wow. we were both making money from that. That was where we all the bills, everything was getting paid for from there. Um, Don only started taking a salary from Starks 2019 late. Oh um, so he wasn't getting a salary. Like it was everything was just going straight into the business again. Um, and then last year, no, no, 2000, what are we in now? 21. So yeah, 2020 is probably when I started getting paid as well. Yeah, wow. So, and I mean, Don has been trying to do stacks since 2012. We started properly 2015. Yeah, it's a long time. And now 2020 is when we're actually making yeah. some money from it. Yeah. yeah. That's so inspiring. Yeah, that's really inspiring. Yeah. And I love that uh, you said that point about he started a few different businesses that yeah. didn't work out and then eventually you find the one that works for you. That I feel like that's so inspiring too. Mm-hmm. Totally, Keep yeah. Keep trying trial and error. It, yeah, he's very like – Failing just wasn't an option. Yeah. Like it wasn't like I said to him the other day. No, someone asked asked us and said, was there a point where you thought Stax wasn't going to succeed? And no, there, like literally yeah. there wasn't. Even when I met Don, the way that before I knew about Stax, the way he told me about Stax was that it was this like massive company already. He would talk to me about his PA and his warehouse and turns out his PA was his brother in his mum's spare room. Like, <laughs> I but, love it so much. But he just believes in himself. Yeah. He does. And he's $80,000 in debt, for example, and he's not sitting there crying about it. He's reverse engineering and making a plan to get out of it because you can't stay in $80,000 debt forever. So, like, let's, let's make a plan and let's do something about it. And I think that John and I work well together because we both have that kind of – us um not aspect we we see the world in that way like it's just you know this is what we want to do and let's just make a plan and do it like it's there's a video game yeah I love ev- it. Ex- literally yeah. like a video game like you can't get too caught up on things you just have to work through it um but we've always believed that stacks is going to work because we would just make it work we don't just give up we don't just stop if something's not working we'll change direction do something else but we're not just going to like throw it all away it's like we work yeah. too hard to do that. I feel like especially being an entrepreneur, you kind of need that mindset where it's mm-hmm. just like keep going, keep yeah. pushing no matter what. 
Because it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And there's no one to ask for advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody. So yeah. Nobody knows. It's all you. Yeah. yeah. Like, both my parents are school teachers. Like, they've got, love them dearly. They've got no clue about what we do. Yeah. Don's mm. parents, they, they're yeah. not entrepreneurs. We're not entrepreneurs. Yeah. We don't come from that background. So, we are just literally learning every single day and trying our best. But it is hard because you don't have, we're first gen entrepreneurs. We don't have mm-hmm. anyone to ask for advice. Yeah. And even if we did, Nobody knows the business like you do. Yeah. yeah. So you always have to take it with like a grain of salt. But then everyone wants to give their advice, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they want to give you their suggestions and you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so Put it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> no, we do love it. I think that's important. I should note as well, listening to customer feedback is like the yeah. number one thing. Sometimes it's really hard because if it's negative feedback. I was going to say, like, what do you do when you get negative feedback? <laughs> Yeah, you have to take it. <laughs> no, but you have to take it. Like you have to get negative feedback because I just think about it. If we didn't get negative feedback, we wouldn't have our best black tights. Like we wouldn't. Yeah. Ha- we wouldn't have improved. You would have just like settled for what you think is great, mm-hmm. and then that's it done. So I guess it's kind of shifting your mindset to constructive criticism. <laughs> totally, it's it's yeah. a big shift. Like it is. It's yeah. hard sometimes to read yeah. it. I have a question. It's absolutely nothing to do with business, but it's just me being obsessed with your relationship. <laughs> I'm so, uh, like, I'm so obsessed. Maddie and I are obsessed with Matilda, and then it goes a step further. Like then it's like the relationship. I know. I love like, you guys. King and queen. Like actually, though, it's so number one fans. <laughs> we we honestly really are. The feeling is mutual. Oh, oh stop it. Really stop. though, like this. <laughs> no, but like actually, <laughs> we have this on record <laughs> check um so I actually know this story but I love it so much can you talk to us about your engagement of course, of course. okay if you insist yeah, um, <laughs> please I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> it's my time to shine yeah. um so Don and I have been engaged for like we've been engaged forever two and a half years now um but it was we when we were living in Perth, we would travel to Bali all the time. And I think a lot of Perth people do because it's like a three-hour flight, super quick, super easy, super affordable place to holiday. Um, and we were like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to split the holiday. So I will plan the first four days. You, Don will plan the next four days and we'll like go above and beyond. Like we'll spoil each other. I picked what I thought was like an incredible villa. Um, it was more like Don is the spender of our relationship. I am mm-hmm. like – more of a saver, low key. Um, so I thought I was going all out. Like I was spending a lot of money for yeah. Bali, right? And I say that for Bali as well yeah. because like <laughs> Bali is cheap. So I'm a, Bali is cheap and then I'm spending a lot of money for Bali. So it wasn't anything like spectacular, but for Bali, I was like, yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I organized this ho- this uh, villa, stunning, loved it and um, loved it too. Um, and I was like, I did secretly want him to do better because then it will be an even better holiday. So anyway, we left after four days and went to Ubud. We turned up at a palace, a literal palace. (laughs) A palace. And it was insane. Um, It was on like a cliff um, in Ubud. There was nothing around it. And I, I was like, fuck, okay. Don wins here. Like Don takes the cake. It was insane. We, I was getting so many messages about like you're getting engaged. You're go- he's going to propose, and I was like, oh my god, stop it! Because like, what if he doesn't? Like, I would die. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like your hopes up, and then just totally. And every, and then like just to if everyone's messaging you, and then you leave, and you're like, oh, nothing happened. Great holiday. Did you get your nails done? Um, yeah, my, na- my nails are yeah, done. So you didn't send me Thankfully, um, but I remember we it was piercing down with rain that day. Like. 
massive rainstorm and Don kept like popping out all day long and I was like oh my god like Don and I are by each other's sides like 24 7 so he was like kept popping out and I was like what's going on but he planned this day and we did like yoga in the morning I've never done yoga in my entire life oh, that is so, so wholesome I love that yeah we did like yoga on a cliff oh, like it was oh, in beautiful Ubud in Ubud so yeah um like a private yoga class and then we had a spa day and like all like it was the best spa day it was beautiful and then we went back to the villa um the villa is that palace what I don't know <laughs> yeah. the, the room we're back to the room and I called my mum and I was like um I was in such a shitty mood because, you know, I was so nervous because the day was so out of the ordinary. I was like, I feel like something's going to happen. So I had like such a tummy ache. I was calling my mom and I was like, I'm in such a bitchy mood. Maybe I'm getting my period, blah, blah, blah. Like just having, Mm. and she's like, chill, relax. Like you're an Uber. Like it's amazing. Like just like enjoy yourself. Um, And then I text Don because who knows where he was that day. Um, I text Don and I was like, let's just get Uber. Like let's get a burger room service. Like I don't want to go out. I'm not putting makeup on. Like I mean, (gasps) like, because I was just like, I don't know when I'm high, like when I'm really nervous, I get like a really bad tummy ache, and I was yeah. like, I'm doing my period, like I'm so fat, like you know that whole situation. <laughs> can relate. So yeah, then um, he was like, okay, babe, we'll do that. And then I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. Like he said that he's been like planning something, and now he's happy to do that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, actually, let's like just go for a wonder. Let's go for dinner. And I said, okay. So he didn't want to put makeup on. And then I was like, fuck, what if he does propose? <laughs> I need to have makeup on because I need I, to be glam. I need to be glam. I can't have like this trash photo. Like what's gonna happen? Yeah. Anyway, thankfully, I put some makeup on and thankfully, thankfully oh, thank God. he ended up um, proposing at a thousand candle light dinner. Oh, so it was my God. it was insane, like a thousand candles. Um, they had to like change it a couple of times because it was going to be on the edge of a cliff, but obviously it was raining. Um, so, it, yeah, a thousand candle lit dinner undercover. Absolutely beautiful. Um there was like a violinist as well. There was like a little oh, he band. He really goes all out. Yeah, there was a little band playing. He vlogged it all. Um, and yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. So it was, yeah, incredible. I'm glad that I didn't just settle for like a room service burger. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was an incredible night. Stop. So he definitely won that hotel. So uh, he definitely won the trip. Definitely. Yeah, he took let him place. have it. That's really yeah. that is cute. so cute. It's a lot of effort to go to, too. But he came first place. Aww. Didn't he get you a like a little yeah, bit of, what's yeah. this? I remember. So when um we were we were like standing, it said like there was a sign that said like a glowed up thing that said love, and we we're standing in front of it, and then he's like, oh, I've got something for you because we're taking pictures. I'm like shaking the whole time because I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> I can the pictures I would are be shocking. Out. Yeah, oh my god. that'd be so nerve wracking. It's so scary. All this fire around oh as well. Blood <laughs> like, on. Oh my god. Um, and he's like, I've got something for you, and so he um left me at like the sign and like walks past all the candles on the floor um, and grabs out like a Louis Vuitton box and he gave me like a new wallet and the the wallet has like my new initials in it. And then once when I opened up the wallet, it said like MR for Matilda Robertson and then I opened um, opened up again and then the ring was in there. So then- <laughs> <laughs> me and Caitlin were like, oh I love you God. guys. <laughs> um, so it was take notes. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. And it's so funny because like in Ubud, especially at this place, everything was so expensive. There was no even for bar. Like it's, it's uh, expensive even for Australia. Like it wow, was, yeah. Okay. So I, um, 
you didn't get any like complimentary water. There was nothing. So before I got engaged, I was like really like sipping the water. Like one mm. bottle would take. I can do one bottle four days. It's okay. Oh. Like, this, like I was like I can do. It. And then we got engaged, and I was like having everything because I was like oh champagne bottles. To- let's go. Totally. I was like bottles to the table. Um. Yeah. I was drinking all the water because. Yeah, <laughs> but always. do you know what I mean? Because yeah. like You've before been sweating. You're like I'm yeah. Well, and before I was like I can't. Oh my god. How are we affording this? How are we? Do-? And then as soon as I got it, I was like, time to celebrate. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, order everything. So, so it was absolutely amazing. He's a good man. He's, oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> the bar's set high. Yeah, I want a palace. Oh, my gosh. That whole thing. Insane. Thousand. Ten thousand candles. One thousand candles, yeah. Oh, Okay, guys. Well, that wraps up today's episode. I've had this has honestly been again my favorite episode. Oh, I thank literally you. love talking about this type of stuff. It makes me so inspired. So, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I feel very inspired right now. Like, I know. What do I have to do? I have to go work. Let's go. We can make <laughs> some money. Work. Let's go hustle. <laughs> I'm gonna get proposed to in a palace. I'm like, a lot on. <laughs> Got a lot to do. I'm booked and busy. <laughs> so much to get done. But yes, plug your yes. podcast, Instagram, plug stacks, stacks, plug it all. Let's go plug. Cool. So um, Stacks Instagram is Stacks Official. Um, underscore stacks.com.au is our website. Um, the podcast that Don and I have is called The Source with Don and Till. My Instagram's Matilda underscore Murray underscore, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where cool. you'll find us. Woo. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to download. Really yeah, important. Download, leave a review. I hope this episode saves. Don't. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> Touch wood. Thank you, guys. Um.